you've landed on the Lonely Diplomat podcast. And wherever you are in the world from La Paz, Libreville, Lilongwe, Lima, Lisbon, Ljubljana, Lome, London, Luanda, and Lusaka, and all places in between, welcome. I'm Phil McAuliffe, and I'm the Lonely Diplomat. I work to reconnect diplomats and those living the diplomatic life to themselves and to the world around them. I do this through my website, thelonelydiplomat.com, and on that site you'll find all my products and services, including my blog and this podcast, which are provided to you free. There's also details of my paid services, which include individual coaching for diplomats and those living the diplomatic life, as you live your diplomatic life and speaking services provided to podcasters and our employing agencies. Subscribers to my website get substantial discounts on my services. So make sure that you subscribe to thelonelydiplomat.com. I've also written a book, The Lonely Diplomat, Reconnecting with Yourself and the World Around You, which is available now as an ebook and in paperback on Amazon.com. In this episode of the Lonely Diplomat podcast, which is episode 19, I interview my friend Jace Depatu over a cup of tea. Jace wrote the blog post Mindfulness and You, which I published on my website on Saturday the 15th of February. There's a link to that blog post in the description to this episode. Mindfulness simply is a superpower. A few minutes or even a few moments of practicing mindfulness centers us. It helps us refocus. It gets us out of our minds and what we're imagining within our minds and back to what's actually happening around us. And I'm going to, well, I'm going to level with you here, listener. When I get busy or stressed... I go into extreme doing mode. It feels good to do rather than to be. So a moment or two of mindfulness can feel like within me, or correction, I convince myself that a moment or two of practicing mindfulness, however I can practice it at that time, can feel like a decadent extravagance. So while I know, I know conceptually that practicing mindfulness for just a few moments will do me good, and including just taking a few breaths, it's often the first thing that I jettison. And I do this really for uh, on reflection, I've, and I've been reflecting on this a lot as I've been preparing this blog Uh, preparing the blog for publication and recording uh, this podcast. And I've settled on at the moment that I want to be the guy who does the work quickly and well and gets it right first time. And sitting around taking a few breaths is not going to do that. That approach really, I know, doesn't serve me well. The world can wait for me to take a few breaths, at least a few breaths. And indeed, the world is better served when I stop and take a few breaths to refocus 
recenter and rejuvenate myself. And I'm going to say, if you go into extreme doing mode two, you and the world are not served well either. All right, enough from me in this introduction. Why don't you hang around, go get yourself a cup of tea, come back and join Jason and I as we have a chat over our cups of tea. Listener, it's with great pleasure that I introduce my friend Jace Tapatu to speak with us today about mindfulness and the practice of mindfulness. Jace, as you recall, uh, wrote the fantastic blog post, Mindfulness and You, which I published on my website last Saturday. Uh, and without any further ado, I'm so excited for this conversation. <laughs> um, I really want to introduce Jace. Jace, welcome. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for having me. Not at all. It's, it's nice. It's nice to be your first person-to-person, face-to-face guest as well. I know. This listener, this is pretty pretty weird. I must admit uh, that I'm having like the direct feedback, <laughs> like right here. Like JC is sitting probably like a meter and a half. Uh, if you're in North America, that's like two feet away. Um, yeah, always got to compare. Like you know, put it into you know. I don't know. I don't get it. But anyway, uh, and uh, yeah, so normally, you know, guests are over Skype or Zoom or something like that. And it's great. But yet, like right now, it's it's so bear with us as uh, as well. Jace is great. Uh, bear with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like we have cups of teas and coffees bi-weekly, my friend. It's like a little mini chicken, except this time there's microphones in front of us. Right? I don't. I don't. I don't know. It's like you know, just act completely normal with all this. Te- <laughs> yeah. all the this microphones te- are not here. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, what I'll do is, I guess we could riff like this for ages, but I want to ask that first question which is um, that in your blog post, you said right at the beginning that, um, uh, that, that, that mindfulness can sound like some, I think you used the words mystical woo-woo, um, which, uh, which I thought were, were, were great. Like the, the practice of mindfulness can at first blush appear quite, you know, this, this ethereal, you know, um, like concept kind of yeah a concept yeah that that you know we 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 know that can be good for us um but and and this is going to be a theme through this chat we know that it's good for us but sometimes it's the very first thing that we jettison Mm -hmm. when we get overwhelmed um but i want to ask that you said that uh a daily mindfulness and gratitude practice uh, has hands down made you a kinder, happier, sharper, and calmer human because of it. I'm really keen to explore what that's meant for you and what you mean by that. Sure. I suppose I should start at the beginning and explain how mindfulness has changed my life, really, and if I'm being honest, saved my life. Sounds uh, like a good place to start. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and... I found mindfulness really through finding the practice of yoga. Mm -hmm. Being a practitioner of it for now 16 years, a regular practitioner of it, I kind of dabbled in it. I I come from a professional dance background, so my whole life was about using my body uh, from quite a young age as well, uh, competing in sports and stuff. So 
uh, it was quite terrifying to realize that I uh, injured myself and uh, I ripped my Achilles which put me out of action for three months mm. I was in South Africa and I was oh man if there were ever any signs around that someone needs to take better care of themselves I was a walking talking example of that yeah I was uh, dancing in a show in South Africa and I went to the doctor because I was exhausted and the doctor said to me whatever you are doing you need, you need to stop right now and go home and rest I had a sty on my eye I had a cold sore I was deaf in one ear I'd lost my hearing in one ear and you know these are true telltale signs from your body that it's starting to shut down right, right. but the a-type personality that I am I just was like I've just got to get through this week it's the last week of performances and tough it out tough it out and that very night even after the warning from the doctor I kicked my leg on stage and ripped my Achilles and it literally brought me to my knees and when your whole identity is based around how you move your body and use your body and then your body is no longer there for you Mm. you're kind of thrust into I felt like I was backed into a corner and it was this real sense of who am I now then if I can't use my body <clears throat> and so I obviously went to physio to start the rehab um, after I was I was in a cast for 12 weeks so three months of sitting on your butt kind of sends you well sent me anyway into this kind of I would in retrospect now say it was a state of depression mm. like, it really made me face up to the reality of if I if I can't move my body then it ended my dance career straight up but beautifully what came from there and oftentimes the toughest times in our lives provide the biggest growth spurts for us too mm, mm, mm. is uh, in my rehab process after I got out of a cast the physio said to me you should go do yoga it'll physically kind of start to open up into the back of your ankles your calves and heal and heal your Achilles a little quicker so I did and it was awesome for the physical aspects yeah but then (laughs) I started doing the class the very first class I'd never done yoga before but you know quite physical and lots of facility in my body so quite uh, mobile and flexible and strong this lady was next to me she would have been about 65 I can see her in my head Um, and she was just quite your words before ethereal and in her own space in her own mat space really and wasn't even paying attention to me but the a-type personality in me was competing with her i was like you know huffing puffing my way through this practice (laughs) trying to push myself into these shapes i've never done before thinking that that's what the whole aspect of yoga that's the that was the practice of yoga and the teacher i write this in my blog walked past me put her hand on my shoulder in a room full of people and not really to me but directly to me but generally to everyone else as well she tapped me on the shoulder as she walked past me and said and sometimes you don't need to work so hard and that brought me to my knees again too and it and it really made me realize that uh yoga isn't about the shapes that you're making it's about really how you're being Mm, mm. which is mindfulness yeah 
and uh, so that took straight away that aspect of competing or driving or pushing out of the physical practice of yoga for me and the more I delved into yoga I uh, realized that really yoga is if that you could use a modern definition of yoga yoga is the calming of the fluctuations of the mind by definition of all of the ancient yogic texts mm -hmm. and so in modern day society we use the physical i suppose mm, challenge of the yoga postures to find that quietness in the mind it's almost like we put ourselves in a challenging posture to test the mind and therefore sharpen it. So coming back to your original question, yoga for me is mindfulness. Yeah. I, I suppose we will probably go into the definition of mindfulness in that through moving your body mindfully, through moving mindfully on your mat, you really get to know yourself better. Mm. You get to know your edges. You get to understand, under challenge, your emotional reaction mm. to challenges. Mm. And you also get to, and here's where the sharpness of mind comes in, you really get to sharpen your mind a little more through focusing on, okay, here's this feeling of anxiety coming up because I'm in a really challenging position. The teacher's asked me to be here for 10 more breaths. I can't even bloody do one more. So what, what perhaps could I do to be more in the experience where well, I could back out of it mm. in order to stay, which has been a big, big learning for me, wanting always to push hard and yeah. be the best and jump the highest or, you know, split my legs apart the furthest, all yeah. that. Um, so yeah, mindfulness has come about through my yoga practice. I have a daily practice of meditation. Um, 10 to 20 minutes depending on how my mind has shown up that day right right <laughs> and if I'm not feeling that good then I sit for longer ah. yeah the other day I sat for two hours all up because my mind really needed that oh wow I find I really struggle with um, uh, with with the practice of meditation and I've incorporated it um, with sleep uh, and and focusing on getting quality and quantity sleep um, so my commitment uh, to myself is average seven hours a night for the week um, and most nights it's like seven and a half hours um, and then some nights you know particularly if I get stuck watching stuck watching like it's like I've been trapped by Netflix like you know I made the decision to watch another episode of whatever I was binging um, and, you know, it might be six and a half hours or six hours or something like that or if I've gone out for dinner and, and stayed up past my bedtime. But on average over the week, um, it, uh, an average of at least seven hours a night. Um, also, the focus then is on at least, for me, five minutes of meditation. Um, and, you know, I sit over on the couch there uh, get up after having you know at least seven hours sleep generally refreshed uh and um and and sit and have like just close my eyes focus on the breath 
um, and Simple. and and be right. Yes. And I have struggled, really struggled at times to weave that simple five minutes in my day. And um, I often, and listener, you might really resonate with this, or this might really resonate with you. But almost as soon as my eyes open, I'm like, great, okay, I've got to do this, I've got to write this, I've got to, you know, record this, I've got to do this, got to, you know, make frankly a list of things to do yeah make shit happen yeah. uh, and and you know who has time like you know right now is the best time to you know to get this done i could put the put the laundry on i can make coffee get you know get the day going mm. but yeah for me it is actually really i have the opposite issue for you, that that you just described jace where you know where you feel that the mind really needs it you sit longer Yes. Um, uh, for me, and I wonder if if this applies for you, listener. But that you know, if if when I really when I really do need it, I find twenty other reasons to not do it, like to jettison the simple act of sitting with my eyes closed and focusing on my breath. We can talk a little bit more around how people can practice mindfulness because mindfulness can show up in many different ways. Mm. I suppose if we took a step back and really define what mindfulness is so that the listeners, I suppose, can, like me in the beginning, not be so sceptical about that word. Mindfulness now has images, I think I wrote in blog, of a Zen Buddhist sitting with a mudra in a cave and robes and beads and, you know, incense and yep. all that. I remember that's what I thought what mindfulness was, but really mindfulness is just like the simple definition of yoga. Mindfulness is uh, even simpler than the one that I wrote from the Cambridge Dictionary in the blog yeah. is what you are doing to me right now is paying attention to what is going on in the moment. Yeah. And how many of us, no matter what we do, diplomats, mothers, dads, you can resonate with that as a father, how many of us could benefit from being more present yeah. in our lives? So that Absolutely. your words again before is we're not doing stuff, we're being mm. in the moment. So that uh, going back to what you were saying about when you wake up and the first thing isn't it interesting first thing you think of is okay I've got to get shit done I've got to do things let's get up and get going and do what about if we were to take that five minutes like you said you said that you do and set up our day I like to th- I like to think of it as, as setting myself up for success mm. really um, again there's that a type word success but but I'm it's softer I now I feel it's different to how it used to be when I was younger when it was more about okay let's win the world <laughs> today to, for me success means more about how setting myself to be up to be more present with what I have to do mm, the beautiful thing about success is that we get to define what it means for us you got it you got it and uh I, I was listening to uh, Tim Ferriss, you know that I'm a fan mm. of him, and interestingly, uh, studies have shown that all of the most successful people in the world, presidents, CEOs, uh, elite athletes, all of them, the thing that they all have in common apart from being successful is 
a mindfulness or meditation practice right a day Ninety mm-hmm. percent of them do it at the beginning of the day. I think there's a big clue there. If right. we're looking to emulate, you know, and and listener, you couldn't see it, um, but Jace used the air quotation marks <laughs> when he said success there. Um, so uh, yeah, you know, when we want to emulate those who are, you know, putting air quotation marks successful um, for you know in their field for whatever reason um, that we have labeled them and as successful and we want to emulate that yeah i think that's a that's a huge uh observation i guess Mm -hmm. that's inspiring yeah yeah it makes me want to do it even more and you know when i said i did it for two hours the other day i don't mean i sat there for two hours i mean i threw i did like 20 minutes because i just felt oh my mind's uh, going AWOL at the moment and it does and I'll speak about that um, because I think there's something that now that I am a yoga teacher and a meditation teacher and teach mindfulness to children I want to say that I'm human yeah. I had the student to me the other day say to me oh you're so grounded and I feel that that's what uh, has come from this daily practice of mindfulness and meditation and but still i have those emotions on the i have anxiety i have all those emotions that we all have i just i suppose have some tools that i practice on the daily Mm. so that i can keep being present and keep being more mind mindful uh, with everything i have to do Uh, what i love about mindfulness is that it allows us to be a a human human being or a Mm. human doing and people say to me the student the other day said oh you must you're so grounded and you must be oh my god just so peaceful and and all the time like she she even did a mudra facing me with her fingers as if i was just a zen master that walked around like this all day yeah yeah. (laughs) right she knew yeah I have to say one of the things that, that I'm so excited to get you uh, on this podcast and writing the blog, Jays, is the very fact that you are human mm. um, and uh, that that you recognize that you are both a type A high-achieving personality mm. and human uh, and subject to the human condition. And the listener who is a regular listener to the Lonely Diplomat podcast and reader of my blog will know that I remind my audience that as diplomats, people who spin around the world doing great things, advancing the interests of their countries and promoting world peace, mm-hmm. um, that they uh, are also, despite being awesome, um, subject to the human condition. Uh, and I think, listener, that is that is right now, hands down, something that we could all do well to remember that we can get so in our own heads, so wrapped up with what's right in front of us um, that we can do the equivalent of what Jace did in South Africa uh, and want to muscle right on through it, just keep on keep on trucking really um to uh uh you know to to get through the end of that presidential visit to get through the end of that um that conference or to get you know that cable done we just want to muscle through and and you know i can rest in a few weeks when i get a holiday it's like no actually the rest 
can actually happen now. I, right now. Yep. You got it. And I suppose that's the true essence of mindfulness is that, and mindfulness for me really is at its full effect in my practice when I'm challenged. Mm. And so in the midst of challenge, and my partner will tell you this because, you know, people closest to us can also trigger us and and can be the most challenging. <laughs> and uh, is that mindfulness for me, if I could just use a really recent example, is we, we had a little, let's call it robust discussion. And Again, air quotation. <laughs> yes, I love air quotation. But, uh, 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 and I found myself, breathing and uh, naturally because I've taught my nervous system to that's the mechanism that I use to calm my nervous system down and to calm myself down to bring myself back to earth when my mind is like and just wants to explode I found myself breathing and then I stopped and I breathed and I breathed and he started to breathe as well and so this situation that could have escalated through my and still I'm not a master of it I I, I don't want to I, I certainly don't want listeners to get that idea as I, I'm still in the practice yeah, of it and, yeah, yeah, and even yeah. as recent as yesterday yeah. when this we had this robust discussion and we were able to calm down I removed myself from the situation that's my way just to calm down even more yeah. and then we were able to come back and uh, have a happy resolution uh, that's for me when mindfulness really helps is when you're in a challenging situation it can be anything in the traffic yeah. when you have to get to that meeting mm. and there's a huge traffic jam in front of you instead of beeping or getting really irritated or anxious I call it the breath pause like how could you take three four five twenty breaths yep yep exactly noticing them uninterrupted distraction I call it noticing them come in and out it's really hard to master it's a simple simple thing really hard to master and you can only master something if you practice yeah yeah and through awareness we can uh like awareness of our triggers like as you say in in that robust discussion uh that you had yesterday having awareness in general uh, is a really good place to start knowing what triggers you and then working towards identifying your triggers more towards real time. So uh, yes. and and so you might sort of, with the benefit of hindsight, go, ah, oh, that's why that triggered me. Uh, and then the next time you triggered, it might be, you know, instead of a week later, it's a day later or an hour later, or, and then you eventually get to, to real time. But as you say, it is a case of working to master. I was going to say trying, but my listeners know uh, how much I do not like the word try. Me neither. No, no, mm. it's such a cop out. Mm. But it is um, uh, that that working towards mastery um, of that very simple thing, um, which can be really difficult uh, in that moment when we are so in our head, so potentially wrapped up within our own drama, 
Mm. Uh, the drama of the moment and you know the 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 thoughts and and the very real thoughts the very real feelings that if we don't get this done right now if we or if this does not work out right now the whole history of the world will change and And no no (laughs) no no it it might but you know what a cool story (laughs) like if if it eventually does based on you being stuck in traffic for a few more a few extra minutes you got it and i really love that how you describe that being getting stuck in a head you've mm. said it a couple of times already and that's how i feel that's what i feel is the opposite to mindfulness yeah. it's a full mind a full mind of all the stuff mm. the story the emotions that come with the event that's happening in the moment whereas um when I teach mindfulness to children at school, when I ask them to breathe three, four, five times, usually it's only five times, but real concentrated breath using their fingers to count as they breathe in and then bringing their hand into their heart so they can feel a sense of peace. Right. Uh, I ask them right now after, after we've done the breath, how do you feel... Do you feel okay right now? And I've never had a child, um, hand on heart, mm-hmm. who has never not put up their hand when I say, do you feel okay? Yeah. And that to me is the real true power of something so simple. If they, if they were able to feel that after five breaths, they yeah. feel calm and perhaps happier in the moment than in their then imagine if we were to practice that daily. Yeah. So that we have more moments of calm or more moments of happiness. And then when we stack them next to each other, how much more productive would we be as humans? How much Mm -hmm. more present would we be? How much more loving could we be to our family rather than finishing the email when your children are trying to talk to you? or even play with you. Do you know what I mean? You're more present with what's going on in the moment. Most of our suffering, all of the wisdom teachings speak about it, is comes from, our suffering in our mind comes from stuff that's happened in the past, which we've talked about, you and I personally, can lead to depression. Yeah. Or we're focused, our mind's focused on what's not even happened in the future. It hasn't even Mm. happened yet. But we give so much energy to it, and that's mm-hmm. the cause of, at extreme cases, anxiety. Mm-hmm. So mindfulness is that, rather than full mind, is bringing yourself back to the calmness that exists now and here. Even when you're stuck in traffic, even yep. when you're having a robust discussion with your partner, even when you've got deadlines, you can still just be here now. Because most of the time, if you were to ask someone, like, right now, in this moment, are you okay? The answer is, unless, of course, there's a murderer standing right next to them, yeah. is that they are. Yep. We are. Yep. We are okay right now. Yeah. It's the hugest benefice, benefit of practicing mindfulness is to bring yourself here into the moment, not h- hanging out back there in the past or projecting into the future. I get... I'm just... As you were speaking then, um, I... The thought occurred to me that, yep, it's it's one it's it's one thing for us in the moment to essentially and i've spoken about this in a previous uh podcast episode but 
throw the anchor out uh, and and stop ourselves as we spiral um, and and with that that awareness is that anchor uh, and you know we can we can throw it out and arrest that slide um, down the spiral one thing that really occurs to me is that in a uh, in the diplomatic setting mm -hmm. it's a rare thing that we're ever working on something alone and what what do we need to do or sorry the situations generally are that someone very senior wants something done right now and that sort of little tremor uh, that they emit into the world becomes your massive earthquake if you're, you know, down the food chain, um, and um, and and everybody between you and that important person, whether they're a government minister or you know the ambassador or you know someone senior in in headquarters in your capital city, they want something and have moved on, but that like rules your day or rules your month, uh, and your boss might be intently focused on it and have a um uh you know be be you know monitoring i want to say riding you but that's not the right word but you know really focused on you getting that done right now mm -hmm. um and how i think i've just answered my own question in my head here you know we can never control what other people do we can right. only control how we respond to a situation but it is something that you said um, where the, um, the, the, the power of mindfulness allowing us to turn up in the world to respond to a situation in a more calm, more deliberate, sharper, focused way, I just, I've kind of got shivers thinking of how that can be applied in the diplomatic context um, and almost, almost, and I know my friend Miriam Bakush, uh, who uh, is an ex-Canadian um, diplomat and does work on mindfulness and diplomacy, um, uh, she does a lot of work uh, on this. But, you know, almost, almost, you know, at the UN General Assembly uh, mm. during Leaders Week, how powerful would it be if you know the UN Secretary General would would you know get up and welcome people and go okay everyone let's just take five collective deep breaths and be how here how amazing would that be I know be here now yeah yeah well can I this is awesome that you've started this this conversation because uh, uh, the House of Parliament in the UK mm -hmm. have introduced for all of the members mindfulness. Uh, and so they start with a mini meditation, but they don't call it meditation because the meditation like mindfulness or like the word yoga is can be quite repellent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. And and divisive. Yeah, yeah, I don't need that woo woo. Yeah, that woo woo stuff. And I, you know, I understand that. I get that. So they just they call it sit. Yeah, just sit and be quiet because. You, I would wager in your diplomatic world, it's all busy, go, go, go. I, our shared friend Colin is, I see how his life is just like in this city one day and that city one day and then all over the place. And I, I just want to sometimes say to him, well, it'd be good to just have five minutes with you where you're not rushing off or taking a call here yeah, or, right. do you know? Yeah. So I understand there's that busyness, but they've been, 
they've encouraged, and I want to use the word enforce, that, they ha- um, that the members of parliament in the UK, uh, they sit for, I don't know how long the time is, but uh, a mindfulness organisation went in and helped them to set up that practice so that before any big decisions are made, yep. and isn't this huge? Yeah. Before any big decisions are made, they have a sitting practice. It may, it may just be a couple of minutes. But in amongst their busy world, they get to be still. And so before it's a big decision or decisions are made, perhaps they should have done this before Brexit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> scandalous. But uh, <clears throat> but but that uh, they all take some moments to be still. Yep. And breathe and notice their breath and notice and be in the moment. So that all the proceedings after that are done from a mindful, clearer, sharper, all those words. In a more deliberate way. Yeah. Rather deliberate. than react. Reactive. Yeah. Responsive. Yeah. Yeah. And for for many um, for many people working in diplomacy, we are grappling with uh, with with the modern world uh, and uh, can struggle to um, uh, to to engage with the world with the work that is done in diplomacy through social media and the immediacy of social media. And uh, often it can be, um, you know, an adverse comment, um, like a random adverse comment from somebody who, you know, has has picked up a a post, um, you know, becomes your day. Uh, And I just... Are you saying that your day is governed by a adverse comment from someone on your social media yeah 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 so you know potentially on on you know your agency's social media um or your um diplomatic missions social media so you know um you know your country's uh um embassy social media page in that country um and you know someone's so someone's throwaway line can be oh my god this is you know the worst thing that is is happening to our country because you know public opinion is turning and people won't you know visit our country or people won't invest or you know think highly of our you know think positively of our country and so it kind of becomes very timid and very can get very bland uh, uh, and and you know rather than um, and and it is that sort of, as you say, Jace, that that future anxiety um, of you know worrying about worrying about what people think, uh, and rather than you know the, the 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 practice of you know what we've got the skills, we've got the experience, we've got the tools to respond to things should they happen. Yes. Um, you know why why are we you know wringing our hands uh, at something that might not actually happen um and because perception in diplomacy is everything um and you can have reality and you can have the perception and if there is any difference between perception and reality perception always wins Mm. um and and that's at the micro level as an individual um how you project yourself to your work uh, and at the macro level uh, of how your nation projects itself into the world. Mm-hmm. So it can feel very like, and sounding very Australian here, um, but it can feel like you're playing for sheep stations. Like, you know, it's high stakes all the time. And I just 
keep wanting to come back to that, you know, wanting to really instill within us all, whatever we do for for diplomats, non-diplomat listeners, that we always have that control in how we respond to something, which is very classical stoicism. Um, You can't control what other people do. You can only control your response. And and that, I suppose, is the key word is response Mm. because we've all through our learnings throughout life have created reactions to situations especially the you you really want to test a person's character you put them under a challenging situation and see Mm -hmm. how they react at first what mindfulness teaches and any any i suppose practices that slow you down is that your nervous system slows down so you have more facility in your brain where the um, neuron pathways are firing uh, much more efficiently so when your nervous system slows down you can think clearer right uh, what was your word before they really loved uh, not productive was slipped my mind <laughs> uh, but it 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 allows for you to respond just that little breath pause and this is like you said, the first step of towards taking a breath when you know that things are getting a little bit too much or overwhelming mm. is awareness. That is that is mindfulness and action. If you catch yourself, I say to children, if you feel like you've got butterflies in your tummy or your heart is racing, you can feel, you put your hand on your heart and you feel your heart racing. Those are your body's little signals to you. Little flags are going up saying, oh, something's happening. And if it's making you feel unhappy or breathless, then the breath that I teach them is the way of them bringing themselves back down. It's almost like grounding them and anchoring them back into the moment. And from that place of being in the moment, you can respond, not react. You and I have have learned some reactions. Mine used to be anger straight away. If I was triggered, it would go like from one to ten which is very common for men of course you know well, that, any other response yeah you you got it and anger really is just a surface level emotion to something way deeper yeah you know, if we were to all unpack it we'd all have something way under that for me it was not being worthy and abandonment and it's another that's another talk for another time oh, no. <laughs> that's that's number two yes yes <laughs> But, but that mindfulness, like your word, I respond. Anyone, no matter whether you're a diplomat making some pretty big decisions for your country or a mum or a dad yeah. at home having some time with their children, everyone can benefit from taking a moment when you're feeling like everything's a bit too much and choosing and perhaps a more... I don't want to say the word better, but it is better. A better way to respond to the situation that could have a really awesome outcome for everyone involved yeah because sometimes reactions are going to have a huge impact on not just you but on your partner and on everyone else because you you'll carry that anger with you for the rest of the day so everyone you come to contact with you're a dick to them yeah (laughs) yeah yeah do you know yeah yeah in in and yeah which is something you know I'm, I'm you know truth and truth and honesty time that I have really worked to um, to to avoid you know a someone saying 
um, you know, something disappointing me, someone disappointing me, or something disappointing me. I would, I would, and often still struggle to not take on and internalize and make a personal reflection of my own self, uh, and then project that, you know, um, that that negative energy uh into everything and and so you know that that something would happen in the morning and then i'd still be in a foul mood when the kids got home uh and you know let them have it in the most in a very unfair way um it's out of context yeah it's an out of context reaction and then they respond that, and then yes and then it escalates so then the whole the whole family is affected by a something yeah. that could have been managed i suppose way back at the beginning of your day whole family the whole office um you know humans being wonderfully social creatures mm. uh you know um we we are hardwired i guess to pick up on these cues so that kind of negativity that is projected into the world around us wherever you know if that's in the home if that's you know on public transport on the way to work or or at the office or wherever like we pick up on that and that affects how other people experience their days as well and that's not to say that we're not allowed to ever be in a bad mood um oh not at all and you know going back to that whole human thing it's delicious to be a human of course but what about to be the best human that you could possibly be? And I don't mean that, again, in the successful, I need to be the A-type, I need to be, you know, I need to be the, the winner in, mm. in life. I just mean the, the best the best version of yourself. In that moment, I'd add. Yes, in that moment. Um, because, hi, I'm Phil, I'm putting my hand up here too. Like, you know, I want to be awesome. I want to be successful. I want to be, you know, seen, heard. I want to feel like I belong. Like, all the time uh and yeah can forget can forget that you know i am seen i am heard i am belong i, I am belong <laughs> <laughs> i belong i kind of got stuck on that train that train right. of thought there something there <laughs> a grammatical, <laughs> grammatical train there but um yeah like i'm seen i am heard i belong in that moment um and that immediately that realization even now just saying that out loud like has has flipped a switch within me and it's like okay suddenly i'm a lot more content yeah and imagine if we were able to do those like that's just in one moment you're able to find that so imagine if we were to practice that and have more moments of that and more and more and more and more and more and more yeah throughout our day and and then daily yeah i know which just, if you were to add it all up, just you, suddenly your life changes. That's the transformational aspect of, of, um, of a simple practice like mindfulness, really. I want to go back to what you were saying earlier before about we are hardwired to some of these reactions, right? And you're right. It's like, oh, here's something that's triggered me. Boom, straight yep. away in my mind, it's like, okay, go to anger. That's your thing. That's your thing. That's yeah, your yeah, thing. Yeah. And then these practices like mindfulness rewire the brain and teach the brain, like I said to you before about my brain now knows my body's response to challenge is breath. Even 
the other day when I was at the bank and I saw this lady get angry because we were standing in line and she was obviously in a hurry. I could get back from her energy. She was shuffling and fidgeting and was like in a hurry and she just yelled out I to the bank tellers going, oh, hurry up. Like it was so out of context. Yeah. And I started breathing for her. <laughs> so my body now knows whenever something happens within me chemically or hormonally, to breathe that's my response now yeah i've taught myself to respond that way even when i'm watching a a horror on netflix i I, I find myself breathing and then and then uh and then i i sound like darth vader (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to calm myself down keep myself grounded yeah no i i'm horrible watching tv like i'm i'm like i feel i feel for the main character and what they're going through i'm like no it's too much i can't deal can't deal it's like that's probably you know sociopathically empath- empathic or something i don't know but you know i might need to see someone about that but, <laughs> but how do i know jace if i'm doing mindfulness right and before I press record, I told you that I'm the guy who, listen, I do yoga, um, yeah. sorry, not do yoga, I practice yoga um, <laughs> once a week uh, on, on Saturday mornings. Um, I, I'll say this very quietly so Jace doesn't hear, but not at Jace's studio here uh, in I've noticed that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. I'm not taking that personal. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's much closer to where I live. But mm-hmm. it is um, I, I'm I'm that guy that that Jace described. Like, still, I've been practicing yoga once or twice a week for the last year now, and I still get caught up in my mind um, where I'm like, I want to do like the warrior sequence, like so good, like just want to ace it, want to show everyone in this room, like, yep, I can go deep. I can, you know, <laughs> look at my knee bends. Like, <laughs> You know, my, my my back arm is like straight and true and yeah. You really are a warrior. <laughs> Look out everybody. I'm yes. I'm practicing. Um but and then when it comes to like, you know, like the beginning of the class, like not so much now, but I, I'd be the one sort of sitting on my block and, you know, focusing on um on my breath and, and calming down. Um and almost with one eye half open just to see how everyone else is doing it. And am I doing this mindfulness thing right? Because I want to know how to do it properly so I can ace it. How do you There's know? There's a lot in there to unpack. Well, <laughs> potentially for me to keep hey, on unpacking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, so I, I heard you say the word do and in my mind a bit. Yeah. Uh, and Absolutely. so I, and so I deliberately, like, yes, yes. And in my mind is where I suppose we get caught up. That's mm-hmm. the full mind is I, I, I think, I think, I think, I think. And not that mindfulness is about emptying the mind or not thinking, because we have to think our mind is our sharpest tool we have in our toolkit. I, I feel like. Uh, and I, and you know I was that guy. My story before about yeah. the, about wanting to smash that my words were smash the lady next to me. <laughs> smash her at yoga. <laughs> yeah. That's important you know, context to add. Yes, 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 yes. As I fully understand where you're coming from, and how do you know if you're doing mindfulness right? Well, you only you can answer that because. Mm. 
awareness is the first step and if you're aware of being in the moment that's the first step towards being mindful it is mindfulness in action and perhaps if I could say to you with regards to that example there of yourself in yoga class really two things quite basic is like caring less what anyone else is thinking not just in yoga class I would say but in, in life mm-hmm. uh, how you do one thing is how you do everything so this is a very you know <laughs> instructive in, insight yes and then also <clears throat> less about the doing it's easy to get caught up in the minutiae of a, a, a posture is my knee here is my arm stretched out rather than I said right at the beginning rather than about let it, let it be rather than about what am I doing how am I being while I'm doing that mm. should be the focus mm. that's the mindfulness aspect of the practice is am I breathing <laughs> yeah and your breath here's the cool thing about breath and being in the moment is the breath is the barometer for you and if you if it's ragged and you're listening and you're <coughs> struggling huffing puffing your way like I did in my first yoga class because you're competing yeah. trying to uh, turn it into an athletic endeavor it's a it's the telltale sign that you're pushing too far right and so how would softening or just backing off a bit how much could that just allow you to come more into your breath and more into the experience and be in the posture yeah rather than doing i hope that doesn't sound too woo woo no <laughs> no 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 uh, simply said less is more yeah yeah. Less is more so you can be in it. And and that is antithetical to me. Me too, man. Yeah. Right? And and I'm gonna say, Still you know, that. many man, yeah, right. Many many a listener is like nodding going, Oh yeah, me too. I'm absolutely sure of this. One um one thing that I've found is um is is tremendously useful for me. I'm very visual. And um so there's that Disney movie, which I know is going to be a big hit at your house, uh, but is Inside Out. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Right? And Isn't it cool? I love that movie, and it's a big hit um, in, in my family. And But I have, in, in, in order to, um, uh, uh, to, to center my mind, particularly in yoga class, um, I imagine all those characters... Uh, in Inside Out that are in my head sort of stepping away from the console from pressing all the buttons and being responsive and 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 you know doing what they do for the rest of the week creating your emotions and finding that space in the brain uh, for all those emotions to then you know just be in the yoga flow uh, as well and when I find my mind sort of going off to you know what I need to buy at the supermarket, <laughs> at the supermarket later or you know work that, like an idea because I always get ideas for for work um, you know this blog or, or you know my other blog that I've got now um, I always get it in those quiet moments um, so I'm like oh, I've got to remember that must remember that and it's like no 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 just get back get back get in the flow again there'll be time for that and if it's a good idea it'll be still around at the end of this hour um, so for me, that that actually is a really powerful um, way of recentering myself, like having characters in my mind, yeah. <laughs> and 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 sort of 
corralling them to like no just be to come down yeah so they're almost sitting there all zen as well yeah whilst you're practicing it yeah how cool i know i suppose that's a really nice thing too is that um there are so many ways to practice mindfulness if like for example sitting three four minutes to be quiet i mean ideally that's that that especially for a type personalities who are on the go all the time Mm. It's the thing that we resist the most, that we actually need the most, I find. Yep. Uh, and even just being still before you get going and like push start to your day, just being still can just have such amazing uh, benefits for your nervous system. So you're not starting off in a flight, fight or flight mode for right. the rest of your day. Right. You're already, you're, 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 you're centered and, and anchored. But mindfulness, for example, my partner loves gardening, and I see how mindful he is when he's gardening. He's he's he doesn't have to have. I've got a meditation room, as you know, at my yeah. house, and and his meditation room is the garden. I see him. I see the care he takes. I see how present he is. For with we were planting vegetables the other day, and he was looking at this these beetroot plants. We'd separated them once we got them out of the packet, and. And just the the care and the attention, the intention he had on this, on this, it was beautiful. I just yep. almost cried. I'm like, oh my god, that's what I, that's what I suppose my aim is when I go into my med. I have to create a meditation room to find that zen. Yeah, he has it naturally in what he's doing. Yep. So, yeah, no, not what he's doing, but but in how he's being while he's while he's in the garden. Yeah. <clears throat> So for your listeners who go, I, 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 it terrifies me to sit still and be in a meditation. I get it. Mm-hmm. There's other ways to be mindful. What works? Gardening is my partner's. <clears throat> my friend who's a new mum, her cradling her baby and going to sleep is her mindful moments because she's still, she can't go anywhere. Yeah. That's her way and she slows her breath down and the baby starts breathing a little slower and then falls yeah. off to sleep. So be creative, I suppose, in that way for you, for yourself. If, you, if you're thinking of introducing a mindfulness practice, two things that I would say that um, rookies' mistakes is that we do it, we think we've got to do it for 20 minutes and we think that we have to meditate, close our eyes and sit up tall. There are so many mindfulness apps out there. There are so many YouTube uh, things that can give you some clues or ideas. But really, what is it that works for you, I mm. suppose, is the is the thing that you need to work out. I don't have that answer. I don't have that answer. Even when people come to the studio and they say, how can I calm myself down? Well, I know that yoga works, but if that's not working, then what is it that works for you? Maybe it's Tai Chi. Maybe it's... Yeah, yeah something else or even uh, riding a bike or going for a walk in nature yep. those things can be mindful in fact uh, Thich Nhat Hanh who's a revered uh, mindfulness Zen Buddhist uh, one of their practices in, in his style of Buddhism is mindfulness walking so they walk they walk and pay full attention in the moment to all of the trees the flowers in the trees, the greenness, the colours of the trees, the smells, the everything that's going yeah, on. Being present. Being present. Um, another one of their techniques is pouring tea and they sit for an hour and they just pour tea and they take, like you and I have in a cup of tea, they take every mouthful, they give thanks for it. Like that's probably intense for some people, but 
that's just an example of yeah. how we could all practice mindfulness in just varied and different ways. Yeah. You know? I could talk, and I know we could talk, and we will talk. <laughs> and we um, do. <laughs> yeah, um, much more in, in the future. But um, time uh, has, as it always does when we have a chat, Jace, uh, has, has rapidly uh, advanced. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. I know. It's, 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 oh my, oh, like sure it's way past okay. your time to go. Um, so I'll have to, it's like, sadly wrap it up, but I want to say thank you so much for both... Um, well, really, for being present here uh, mm-hmm. and, and sharing your, your wisdom and insight with the, leader, with the readers uh, of the readers, listeners, listeners of the Lonely Diplomat podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, my friend. <laughs> I'm sure Jace won't mind me sharing with you something that we've talked about, both he and I, um, during our regular fortnightly chats uh, about how we're approaching our 2020s. And Jace says that he is focusing on quality over quantity. And this is echoed in his words uh, in our chat, less is more. So I've got a question for you because those words are really still echoing in my mind. So my question for you is, could you also stand with doing less? and being more? If you've got any feedback for me, I would love to hear it. Please send me an email to admin at thelonelydiplomat.com. If you like this episode, please give it a five-star rating on the service through which you're now listening and share the episode with your friends, family, work colleagues, whoever you think could do with a shot of awesomeness in their day. But if you feel that I can improve something, please tell me. This episode, like all my episodes of the Lonely Diplomat podcast and all the blogs on my website, are provided to you at no cost as a way of helping you live your diplomatic life wherever you are in the world. If you liked the episode, Please show me some love by making a financial donation, either a one-off or a monthly contribution to my work. Go to thelonelydiplomat.com forward slash support to find out more. It does sound like you're getting ready to go. So until next time, be awesomely and humanly you because the world needs more you. All views expressed in this episode are my own, and all sounds are freeware in the public domain. Thanks for listening.